Hello, and welcome back to the Triple Option Podcast. I'm Brantley. We're going to be running through a lot of stuff today since next week is football, and it's here. College football is here one more Saturday. All right, we're going to look at the SEC West and East. We're going to predict those. We also got a new segment called Toss or Keep. And then we're going to do another snake draft. Favorite football movies. That should be fun. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy sleepers, fantasy football sleepers, and, of course, what is you doing? Now I got uh, my two guys ready to go with me. In front of me, I've got Chris to my right, Matt Pathé. What's going on, guys? Episode two. What's up? It's going good. Ready to toss some football. Yeah, yeah. One more Saturday without it, baby. I know. Got one more Saturday, and then it's it it's here. It's basically here. Pretty much. You got preseason, but I'm ready for that real game feel. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you and I just talked about how we're going down to Florida. We're going to be talking about Florida versus Miami pretty soon, but uh, we're going to Disney, and I do have a quick question before we get into this. College game day is going to be at the Magic Kingdom, Disney World, and they're not allowing anybody, like signs, nothing like that, that you normally have. Do you guys think that Washington State will somehow keep the flag flying at college game college game day? Wait, why are they not allowing any signs? Just family friendly or what? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. I, I saw that it was like $100 to, I guess, get in so you could watch college game day if 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 i remember correctly but uh i saw something where it was like no signs at all so i don't i don't, I, I thought about the washington state flag i didn't know if they were going to somehow keep that tradition alive i mean can you can you even have college game day without signs i mean that's pretty much the staple of college game day <laughs> is the game day signs but i mean i, I think somehow Washington State will find a way to get their flag in. They, somebody will sneak it in. That, that, I'm sure they'll have more than one one person uh, run some kind of covert mission and, and get it in there. Yeah, I hope so. I'd, I'd like to see that tradition continue. I mean, maybe you can make the case it's not technically a sign, so I don't know. I guess. I don't know. All right, let's get into it. Florida versus Miami. What do we think? I, I mean, I have, my, I have a prediction automatically. I think Florida is going to – take it away considering uh you know the quarterback controversy down there in Miami going on I don't, I don't know that that's that's all I have really Florida wins you gonna give us a score or are you just gonna uh no no I don't I don't I don't have a score written down you, <laughs> you caught me off guard with that I mean do you think Florida by a lot or is it close I, I think it's close at the beginning because of all the hype First game, first game jitters, both sides. I think you're going to see some penalties. Uh, you might see an interception here or there. Like Miami might intercept it and, and get the get the jitters out. But I think you see Florida running away with it um, at, at the end. I don't. I just. I just don't see Miami, especially with with the whole quarterback transfer and and his his issue and and not getting the starting position. Uh, so. I mean, if I if I wanted to throw a score out, I'd say like 28-14, something like that. That's about what I had. I think I had, what did I say, 31-18, so that's pretty close. I'm just looking at the stats here, and it's got, what, 73% chance that Florida uh, wins seven-point favorites. So uh, I'd agree with that. Chris, what's your thoughts on it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I put Florida 27, Miami 20. I, th- I think it's going to be a – I think defense and Miami's defense might even be better. Um, Miami's got a, a new head coach, so I think they're going to have some issues on offense for sure. But um, they have a new OC, uh, Enos from Alabama, he, quarterback coach. He uh, come, He's coming into Miami, and he's going to uh, implement his new – offensive style at Miami and it's so there's gonna be some growing pains but I think they'll eventually uh be successful yeah both of these coaches actually coached at Mississippi State if y'all didn't know that <laughs> just just to, just to let you know uh yeah Manny Diaz came back twice so he left them on twice I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt State. you but is it once a Mississippi State always a Mississippi State with you guys uh it depends it depends how good he does so for Dan Mullen yeah he's still Mississippi State um, there are some people that got upset when he left, but, and, and fun fact, I actually grew up my whole life being a Florida fan until I went to Mississippi state. Oh. So, um, yeah, and they're my second team now, but I'm definitely Mississippi state. So anyways, uh, I got to go with Florida. I mean, uh, Manny Diaz has not been a head coach at all. And I think he's going to have some struggles. Um, you know, I, I don't think People are making a big deal about this Tate Martell not getting the start. But, you know, I looked at the 24-7 rankings on both these kids, and I think the kid starting was like a 96, and Tate Martell was like a 97 on 24-7. So it's not like this kid is, kid is not good. Um, so, anyways, I, I don't think that would be that big of a deal. Um, and I think it'll be – I mean, it'll probably be close for a while and then Florida pull away towards the end. Yeah. yeah. What, so what do you think about Felipe Franks? I mean, this will be his second year under Mullen's system, and – I mean, I think he should improve. Are I, they still booing him? I don't know. I mean, yeah, he he did <laughs> they a pretty can't decent after job last year. <laughs> he did a good he did a good job last year. I mean, you know, my thinking is Dan Mullen makes it simple on his quarterbacks and just makes it where they can understand it. I mean, you just look at what Nick Fitzgerald did when when Mullen was there, and then when Joe Moorhead came in, it was just like he didn't know what he was doing, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah I could see that. He just I, Mullen I think, has a way with guys. Yeah, and I think Dan Mullen does a great job with what he has, and he 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 gets the he gets those kids to do their job. I I don't think Felipe Franks is ever going to be the quarterback that he really wants in his system. Uh, so I don't think he's going to be amazing. But I mean, you saw what he did last year. He's he's a pretty good quarterback, so he's going to get it done for him. Be enough for what they need to get some pretty good wins. I got a pretty good record for him when we get this next section. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think he's going to be improved, and I mean he has lots of weapons around him. It's unfortunately he's losing four of his offensive linemen, so he's going to have to rely on some some new faces to block for him. But I think if they can get that together, they should have a pretty decent season. I mean, top ten for sure, and uh, you know maybe even challenge Georgia in the East. Did y'all see that uh, Sister Hazel's doing the pregame concert for this game? Would, would y'all like some Sister Hazel? I'll be honest, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> is that is that the old lady from the basketball tournament? Is that who that is? No, no, it's a it's it's oh. a '90s alternative group. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know who you. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Was there an old lady from like NCAA tournament that was from one of the Cinderella teams? I don't know. I don't remember her name. Uh. <laughs> Uh, when you said that, that's the first thing that popped my head. So that's what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> All right, that's. I guess we're gonna end the show right there. <laughs>
All right. Well, you have you guys have anything else on Florida Miami? Oh my no. gosh. <laughs> All right. Let's jump in. Let's ju- let's just jump straight in. Like like we said, this is going to be a major college football episode with w- one week away. Uh, SEC West and East predictions. Who wants to Who wants to just jump right in and uh, get this thing going? I guess. Well, I guess I'll start. We just want to go. Uh, let's, let's go with West first. Go with the West. So we're gonna start with Alabama. Right off the top, I guess. All right. Well, that's what I got first. So I got them at eleven and one. Eleven and one. Yeah, man. They're not gonna uh, win all their games. They're gonna lose one. Oh, for the whole. Uh, the, okay, for the whole season. You, you you took me off guard because I was just thinking of the SEC schedule. Do you see them losing a game in the SEC schedule? Yes. To yeah. who, to whom? Well, I just had to pick one, so I went to Texas A&M at College Station. I don't know that it'll happen, but I just feel like they they're gonna lose one, and and I can see them losing that. I mean, I lo- apparently I'm high on Texas A&M after I went through these wins and losses because I have them pretty high. But anyways, that's my that's my pick: Alabama 11-1 losing Texas A&M at College Station. You know, I was I was gonna see one as uh, LSU beating Alabama, but I just looked at the schedule and and they're not playing. At Death Valley, so it is at Alabama, and I can, I mean, I can just see them taking cover of that game. Uh, Chris, go ahead and just, I guess, just read me off all of your predictions for the West. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got Alabama at the top. I actually, I don't think they lose a game. I, I don't think that Texas A and M will probably be their toughest game. Maybe LSU. Texas A and M being away is going to be the challenge. Uh, LSU is going to have a really good defense. If they can get their quarterback play up to up to par, then they might you know they might have a chance. But I think last year I don't even think they scored a point against Alabama, and and I don't think it's going to get any easier in Tuscaloosa. Next, I've got I've got LSU actually in, uh, to come in second. Uh, just I think their defense can carry them the whole season. Uh, after LSU, I got Texas A and M. Jimbo Fisher, I think he's going to. I think Jimbo Fisher will probably uh, get Texas A and M towards the top. But I don't think he's quite there yet. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Texas A&M will be someone in the future. Someone, even Florida. Uh, I know we're not on the East yet, but I see Texas A&M and Florida in a few years being something, being a team very, very scary to uh, to play either either home or away. Yeah, that's what I I got them up the top. I actually, you know, if we're ranking top East, top West teams, I have them number two behind Alabama. I have, I have them at nine and three. Like I said, after I'm looking at this, I'm wondering why I did that. But anyways, that's what I'm going with. So I'm I mean, sticking with it. I have a feeling mine looks exactly like Chris. I, I I actually have Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M top three, and then from there I have. I know I'm gonna get a little flack and hate. I'm, I've got Mississippi State, then Auburn, then Mississippi and Arkansas. Being zero and eight, I d- I don't see them winning an SEC game, unfortunately. That's um, rough. Which which is rough because I have I have a customer who's a diehard Arkansas fan, and I feel so bad, but I just don't see them winning an SEC game. But that that's my that's who I have in the West. Yeah, I mean I I've got I've actually got Auburn in fourth and Mississippi State in fifth. I I kind of think that they're going to have very similar records, if not the same. So yeah, I, I guess I got them both at eight and four. So yeah. Well, I I, I didn't uh, do their whole. I just did the um, their SEC wins. I've got them at three and five each. And I, after that, I've got Ole Miss at two and six, and Arkansas one and seven. I think 
Arkansas might can pull one off against Ole Miss or or even uh, Kentucky, but unfortunately both of the, their easiest games are away. So, you know, maybe if they can split one of those, they can get one SEC win. Yeah, Any anything else on the West? No, I mean, I, I never said my full list, but, I mean, I think I had – uh, I had Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, and then probably Mississippi State, Auburn, and then you know Ole Miss and Arkansas down there at the bottom. Okay, so we we pretty much kind of, I mean, uh, there's a few you know flop teams uh, that could that could swap easily, um, depending on you know how how they're playing. So yeah, our, I mean we but we all look about the same um, with the West. What about the East? Uh, what do you guys What do you guys look at on the East? I did I didn't do very much with the East. I just kind of jot down uh, who I have um, from top to bottom. I don't have a record or anything like that. But if you guys want to dive more into that, you are welcome to. So I mean, I got Georgia top the East, which is probably what everybody's going to have also. But I got Florida right behind them. I had I had Georgia at eleven and one, kind of like Alabama. They're going to lose somewhere. I just I think I picked South Carolina. <laughs> I don't know if that'll actually happen, but um, and then I got Florida losing two games, um, and then after that, it's I think I got I got Tennessee after that. I think I think am I missing somebody? Yeah, that's who I got. I I don't have any faith in anybody else. Is is the truth? I mean, I got I think I got Tennessee, and then maybe. Kentucky and South Carolina at six and six, and then I think Missouri down. The I was about to say no, no faith in Kentucky. I mean, they looked. I mean, they looked good last year, but they don't have. I don't think they have Snell this year. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're losing a lot, and I don't know. It's just Kentucky. I mean, and they, they, I don't think they have a very easy schedule either. When I was looking at it, I don't know. I, I don't think they'll do well. Um, but they'll make a bowl. They'll make a bowl. They, they may win a, a few here and there, but they will not be as good as they were last year. Yeah, I mean, losing Snell is big. Without him, I don't... Well, I mean, you say losing Snell. Their defensive end, what was that guy's name? Um, he went the first round. I can't remember his name, but he gave us uh, terrors. Uh, I just remember him destroying Nick Fitzgerald last year. Um, so their their defense was really good last year, and I think they lost. I mean, they lost that guy the first round. So <clears throat> they're not going to be as good uh, on defense either. So I guess there's the question, does Florida start the streak again with Kentucky you know it was like 30 something years that they beat Kentucky straight I mean so when Dan Mullen was at Mississippi State you know we played Kentucky as our East rival every year and we lost to them maybe once uh and and that's Mississippi State so I mean I would say yes I would go out on a limb and say yes I, I think you know Stoops has done a good job but he he just can't get him over that hump it seems like to me uh, even though last year they did good, I think they're kind of kind of go going to be a mediocre team under him for the rest of his career, and I think Dan Mullen will own him. What you got, Chris? Uh, where, where do you want me to start? Do you want me to just go down my list or whatever you want? Mike is yours. All right. Yeah, I mean, I th- I've got Georgia at top. I think everybody pretty much thinks that they're going to win the East, return back to the SEC, champion- SEC championship game. I mean, I- I've got Florida right below them. I think Florida is – if they if Florida can get their quarterback situation, if they can be successful at quarterback, I believe that they can possibly give Georgia a run for their money and maybe even upset them. You, I know Matt, you said that Georgia is probably going to lose a game. I think Florida could be that game if they can have a good game by Felipe Franks. Uh, after after Florida and third, I've got Missouri. Uh, I've got them at four and four in the in the SEC. I think, and and that's I think that's basically. Um, 
a schedule thing. They they have an easier schedule than I think the rest of the the East and and they also have Kelly Bryant coming in and I'm interested to see how he'll turn out there. I think I I like Kelly Bryant somewhat and I think they'll probably do good on offense. I just I I think I have bias toward Missouri. I just I, I guess because they're just coming from outside, kind of like Texas A&M, but I just don't have faith in them ever to do well. And then they always surprise me and do better than I expect. So I, I had them going four and eight on the year. So you know, I completely forgot that Bryant was was going to Missouri, and it seems like Missouri always has a good wide receiver core for their for their uh, quarterbacks, and make the make the quarterbacks look so much better than I feel like they are. Um, but yeah, Bryant coming in, I, I feel like that might be a little bit of a game changer for them. So, I mean, I, 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 I mean, like you said, I have Georgia, Florida, I actually have Kentucky third. I feel like they're going to keep the momentum going from last year. Um, and then I have Mizzou, then South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and then Tennessee at the end. I just, I don't think it's their year, but just, I think Tennessee is going to get better. Uh, it's just going to take some time to to rebuild that program. I was just looking up the name of that guy. Josh Allen is the guy I was talking about that went in the first Kentucky, round. Kentucky defensive end. Yeah. yeah. He was really good and really terrible against <laughs> – destroyed our offensive line, our left tackle. Anything else on the East you guys want to chip in? Uh, I mean, your Tennessee pick for them to be last, if if they do finish in last in the East – I mean, do you do that? Is does that put Jeremy Pruitt on the hot seat already? I, I don't think so. I think Tennessee loves Jeremy Pruitt at at this time, uh, and I think people know the Tennessee fans know that it's going to take some time to to rebuild. Um, I don't I don't see him being on the hot seat now. If next year, next year, if they have another terrible season, maybe, you know, I mean, I I see some pretty disappointed people. Um, I, I kind of lead the other way. I mean, I told you I put Tennessee eight and four, and uh, I just I think I like Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, he won some games last year that he really wasn't supposed to win, and uh, I think he's going to get it together this year. I don't know that they're really going for, but I think th- I think they'll give some people a run for their money. I mean, honestly, that's a guy that there are talks that they'd want him to come to Alabama when Saban's gone, and if that's something. If they're talking about that right now and he really hasn't proven himself, that's a lot to say for a guy, especially when everybody wants Dabo to come. I I mean, it's a toss-up between either one. Yeah, I think I think going into a big rant on coaches, I think Dabo wants to create his own legacy at Clemson, which he's already started. Um, but Pruitt is a guy that people have talked, you know, when Saban leaves five, ten, however many years, he's going to continue coaching. He, he's, he's, a, he's a top name. So I like I said I don't I don't see him being on the hot seat if he has a terrible year this year. Well, I will say November second, UAB goes into Knoxville to play Tennessee, and that will be an interesting game. If he somehow loses to UAB, that will really spark a lot of a lot of talk. Yeah, and I can see UAB pulling that game out. Um, they've got some they've got some talented players that they they have those under the radar talented players that didn't get recruited very well, and they have a good coach. Who knows how to how to like I said get them to do their job? I can see that being a very very difficult game for Tennessee. I kind of think you know a little bit like last year, they will probably win a couple games that they shouldn't, and then lose a couple games that they shouldn't. You know, you think about they beat what Auburn last year. I think they had 
one other game that they really won that they really shouldn't have won. And then they just get killed by like Kentucky and then some other games that you're just like, what were they doing? And I think that's just kind of signs of, of a newer team under a newer coach. Yeah, I mean, they were 5-7 and seven last year. I would like to see, if I'm Jeremy Pruitt, I'd like to see a at least a slight improvement, at least, you know, 6-6, six and six, maybe a 7-5. and five. That'd be nice. Yeah, I think uh, Tennessee will be on board with that. We'll, uh, we'll see where he goes from there. Anything else? No? No? All right, we're going to try a new segment. Matt brought this one brought this one to the table uh toss or keep and we got a we got a few things that we have on the list here first thing is first calling the hogs at arkansas so so this is going to be all traditions right so this is going to be kind of some of them are kind of weird traditions that kind of college football teams do and you're just kind of you know we want to toss it or keep it or what we think about it and uh some of them are kind of weird <laughs> way out there uh, I've, I've actually been to Arkansas to see Alabama play, and it's actually a pretty nice atmosphere. It's a it's a much smaller stadium. Wait, where did you did you go to Fayetteville? Or did you go to Little Rock? Yeah, yeah, Fayetteville. Okay. Um, because you know they play at Little Rock as well. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, uh, th- this was at Fayetteville. Um, it was before they did the expansion with the uh, with the boxes. Um, but it's actually a nice little atmosphere. It's a much smaller stadium. <laughs> nice little atmosphere. I mean, it, it is. <laughs> it babies. is. Babies. <laughs> I don't mean to say that like <laughs> like talking down to them, but everybody's really nice. Uh, they were really nice when we were there. Me and me and Kristen went, and um, call, hearing them calling the hogs is um, it's interesting. So uh, do they just do that on the kickoff, or is that throughout the game? Uh, they they do it, but as they come in to the stadium. Um, they they do it at kickoff, and you know the announcer guy will will be like, let's let's call our hogs, and they would they would just do it, you know, at like defense, like when the defense is on the field here and there. Um, uh, you know, it's one of those traditions. Like, I guess if you went, you're like really up for it. <sighs> it just seems so childish to me. I mean, isn't a much bunch of the tears anyways. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, they're pretty much what? Raising their hands and going, Woo Anyways, I, I I mean, I think it's kind of just their thing. I, I'll say keep it just because it's not that big a deal either way to me. It's not like super annoying or anything like that. So I'll, I'll say keep it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is uh, something very unique for sure. Um, I'm actually going to keep it as well. I, there's just something about hearing a whole stadium in unison, I, my, I mean, one of my favorite things to hear is um, you mainly hear it at soccer games. I know y'all aren't soccer fans, but um, the national anthem, just having the crowd sing the national anthem, no, no performing artists, just strictly the just listening to the crowd perform the national anthem, it'll just give you chills, and that's just yeah. yeah. I mean, so so any cheer that you can have the whole stadium in unison is just to me. I just enjoy that. I guess since they don't, I mean, they don't have anything else. It's just, it just seems a little cute, I guess, when they do it. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. So, you, you're going to toss she, it? You're going to keep it? I, I mean, <laughs> you sat on the I, fence. I'm kind of on the fence. Like I said, I have a customer that's a huge Arkansas fan, and he actually, you know, gave us the tickets, and we had really good seats. And um, it's, it's a cool atmosphere. It's fun. I guess when you're in there, it's fun. So, yeah, why not keep it? 
you know it really matters what we say on this because they're probably going to tell us or keep it at the games depending <laughs> on what we say. You know, we're very important. So. Absolutely. All right, so male leaders at Texas A&M. So I have a uh, one of my best friends is a Texas fan, and I hear him harp on these guys all the time. And uh, I guess for me, it's the the fact that they don't have any girl cheerleaders. <laughs> I mean, they're they're all male. Um, I mean, to, to each his own, I guess. But I feel like if you're going to have cheerleaders, one of the main points is to have girl cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you do need to um, bring up the fact that it is a military school. This is true. They they are all Marines. Um, I, I I think that's correct. I think they're all Marines, but don't. I don't. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't know. I, I probably shouldn't say that. So, so <laughs> it is definitively they are all Marines. <laughs> we are sure about it. I probably shouldn't say that very confidently, but uh, um, I th- I think it's kind of cool. It kind of even watching it, I I think it's kind of cool. It gives me chills even not there. I I would like to experience the night before where they do the practice at midnight. Midnight yell. Yeah, the midnight yell. I, you know, I like the midnight yell over the male cheerleaders. I guess. Which I guess they're leading that, anyways. But you know, whatever. Well, what? Go, go ahead. Uh, so I'm gonna toss it. I, I oh, mean, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think you just need some girl cheerleaders so, if you're gonna do it. So you don't support our country and our military. <laughs> wow, um, <laughs> that that is a false statement. I do not agree with that statement. So, but for this tradition, I'm gonna go with toss it. Yeah, I'm a, I, I hate that I'm having to agree with you on everything, but I'm going to toss this one as well. I I just, if you would have told me that uh, that we were doing tossing or keeping the the midnight yell, I would have kept. I was definitely keeping that. That to me, that's that's something unique, and it it uh, I think it just is really there's something special about that. Getting all your fans together the night before and kind of like a pep rally. Um, I mean, I'm not sure that you really see pep rallies much in college. It's really more high school, but I, I just think that would be really, really, you know, really neat. We we had uh, we would usually at the beginning of the season before like the first game, they would just try to get a bunch of people together um, at the stadium, do kind of a pep rally kind of thing. But I, I like I agree with you, and the midnight yell is is pretty cool. But uh, a toss on the on the male male leaders. I mean, I I. I'm gonna go the opposite. I I like it. I I would keep it. Um, I mean, but it's two to one, so uh, it is a toss. But my end, I would keep it. I think it's uh, they are. It's it's pretty. It feels like a strong chant. Uh, uh, it. I feel like you. It's. I I feel like it's meant for a male. Um, that kind of a yell, and because they're not out there rah rah, and holding up signs and go team or anything like that they have it's a it's more of a like chant and a yell so that's why i say keep it but i mean i think most of these most of these teams i don't think you really even need cheerleaders to get the crowd going the crowd's already ready to go yeah for the most part they're just nice to look at as a lot of people think anyways <laughs> but you know all right moving to our next toss or keep burning cleats at syracuse now I didn't do a lot of research on it, but oh, my bad. So are you going to be joining us? I guess, today? I guess so. My Should fault. Be joining the my podcast. Fault. Uh, I didn't even. I didn't even hear that. You caught that. Um, but uh, I didn't. I didn't 
do a lot of research. I, I guess it's more of a, um, uh, I don't know, just kind of a ritual that they they burn their practice cleats before games. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. So, uh, do you, Chris, do you have some stuff on it? Uh, I mean, you can go ahead and take it. You probably okay. have more information than me. I, I just did some looking because I was like, what burning cleats? It's just such, it's yeah, so Yeah, when you odd. brought that up, I, d- I didn't even hear about it until you brought it up. Well, I have to give a shout out to my brother-in-law. He was the one that came up with this idea for this. And it's supposed to be the idea of, you know, triple option, toss or keep it. Anyways, um, burning cleats. So apparently they uh, started it in 1981 with one of the coaches. And the idea was to just burn your cleats after the year just to, like, get rid of it was a terrible year. I guess if it's not a terrible year, you're just ready for next year kind of thing. Um, But one interesting thing I found was in 2004, Greg Robinson, one of the coaches, did away with it. So they did it from 1981 to 2004, and during that stretch, when he was the coach, they were 10 and 37. They were terrible. And then in 2009, he left, and somebody else came, and they started doing it again. And apparently they do it every year. Throw your cleats in a pile and burn them after the season. I'm going to put you on the spot, but do you have a a record of when the new coach came in and they started the the burning of the cleats again? I, I do not. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Hold on, I'll look it up real quick. But Go it ahead. was it was a lot better um, than what it was. Ten and thirty seven. While he's looking it up, Chris, go ahead if you got anything on it. Yeah, I, I'm actually I'm keeping this one. I I really like this. I as a former baseball player, high school baseball player, I very superstitious, and I just think that you know that that's that's something. Uh, it's a good superstition for those guys, and and if it works, you know, do it. And I, I just think the fact that you know burning your cleats to um, get rid of all the bad, the bad plays and the bad practices you had, I think that's just a, I think that's one way to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of on the, I, I kind of, I'm kind of on the fence of it. I mean, you could, you could say stuff about burning cleats. You know, you could give them back to, you know, a a, a player that you know can't can't really afford cleats or anything like that. But you could always. Also say the super superstitious. I'm say, am I saying that correctly? Superstitious. <laughs> superstitious about it and burning the bad mojo and and things like that, like a cleanse uh, and c- coming out with new cleats. I mean, I understand that as well. So, I mean, I'm really I, I, I don't have a toss or keep it per se on on this subject. Um, kind of devil's advocate on it. Um, so, so I am gonna go with keep. And mainly just because of how bad they were when they were not doing it. Otherwise, I don't, I don't really care. They, they, I would probably toss it if not. But I'm going to go with keep just because they have a much better record, which I cannot find. I, I'm not sure where it is, to be honest. But they did a lot better uh, throughout the years of 2000, uh, 2009, after 2009, after they started stopped doing it. So, Yeah, when, when y'all first brought up this topic, I... I really thought maybe you guys had uh, wrote wrote the wrong thing down. I was thinking maybe you were talking about West Virginia and burning their couches when they win. That's that the first thing that came into my mind. <laughs> That's so what I had for honorable mention. It was burning couches. <laughs> All right, well we can get to it. We can get to it. All right, um, storming the field after a win at Clemson. Um, we have in parentheses rock. Uh, I, they they rub a rock when they come in. 
uh, coming down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that. they rub a rock. When I mean, they come I mean, in. I I mean that's uh, all they do. I'm gonna. Uh, well, we can get we can get into it, but uh, storming the field after uh, after a win, and I thought it was weird uh, seeing them storm a field uh, playing. Who knows? I mean they they do it after every every single win. It doesn't matter who it is. Well, when they're at home, they don't storm the field at, at away games. But you know, honestly, when you said this, I, I didn't realize they did it every game. Yep. But I thought it was you kind of being a little like uh, upset as being an Alabama fan that they stormed no. the field. No, they actually do this every yes. game. Um, I, I, you know, what, what did I? Hold on, I have a note on this. I think they call it like meeting at the Paw or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just you know, everybody gets to come down and get on the field. And to me, that's pretty cool. And I guess one of the things I was thinking about is I know that you get fined, and apparently it's just in the SAC if you storm the field for like, I don't know, 125 grand or something crazy like well, that. Well, yeah. Do you see how many fans we have at team at, at the games, though? That's true, but it's Clemson. I mean, they got it. I don't How big is their stadium? They got to have a ton of people, I imagine. I mean, everything means more in the SEC, so <laughs> even the fines. <laughs> even the fines. I, I didn't realize, honestly, I didn't realize it was just in the SEC, and I was like, seriously, they can do this every time? And uh, so, anyways, that being said, I really wanted to storm the field at Mississippi State one time and uh, never got the chance or didn't want to get fined, one of the two. So I'm going to go with keep because I really want to do it anyways. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to completely disagree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tossing this one. I, to me, when, when I'm thinking college football, big wins, that's when you see people storm the field. Uh, um, I mean, I think if you storm the field every time you win, that completely takes away from when you have that big, that big upset win and your fans storm the field. That means something. That's something that you – Everybody watches because they want to see that moment where where the upset happens and that fan base storms the field. Um, being like you know, being an Alabama fan, we you know Alabama fans don't do that, so <laughs> I, I would I wouldn't know what it feels like to storm the field. But uh, at the same time, all I, high and mighty. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just think if you like I said if you if you storm the field every time, I I just think it takes away from from when you actually do accomplish a, a big upset. Um, I, I, you mentioned the rock, Howard's rock. They touch that. They touch the rock before they, they come into the uh, stadium. Uh, th- that's a really steep hill. Have y'all ever seen them do that? Yes, it is really I'm steep. surprised nobody has gotten seriously, seriously injured. Cause it's, I mean, they're running in cleats. Yeah. Some of those kids are sprinting and jumping cause it's like a hill and then it levels off and then it's like another, like a hump, kind of like another hill. And it, I mean, Seeing those seeing those kids sprint down that hill is kind of sketchy. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm I'm surprised nobody's gotten hurt doing that. Um, but you know, if that's their tradition, I, that's you know that's, that's what they want to do. I just I'm gonna have to toss the uh, uh, storm in the field after every win. I am with you on on tossing storm in the field, Chris, because I I think it was the f- the first time I saw it is when they played Auburn. Right after they won the national championship, I think it was two years ago, um, and I and I posted something on on my uh, social media, and I said, "What what is Clemson doing? They're storming the field after beating Auburn. Like, well, what's going on here?" And then somebody kind of told me that it's it's their quote unquote tradition, and I kind of looked back into it, and it's meeting, like you said, meeting at the Paul, meeting at the center of the field. Uh, I just I think it's. 
I don't know, just it's it's kind of like act like you've been there. Uh, I mean, it <laughs> it is kind of funny that both Alabama fans said that, and I was like, yeah, I was torn for anything. And just just to be clear. If we ever beat Alabama when I'm at there, I will be storming the field. So hey, I, I don't care about a fine or not. Honestly, I mean, I think it's cool. I think it would be really cool to be in that uh, situation where people do storm the field. Like, I went to an LSU game at Alabama uh, when A.J. McCarron threw it to Julio Jones down the sideline, and it was basically like the winning touchdown. I thought we were going to storm the field that night because it was such a big moment and such a big game. Um but we didn't, which. But I would, I would enjoy storming the field and meeting. You might some, get shot down. Was you saying that in Death Valley? No, 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 oh. no. It was at Alabama. It was at Alabama. So you might get shot. No, <laughs> no, it was at Alabama. But I, I mean, I, I would. That would be really cool to storm the field, meet some of these players that you'll never get to meet. But I mean, storming the field after every, every single home game. I mean, that's just, mm, it. It's just kind of like, like at Arkansas. It's just kind of childish. Uh, I toss it. All right, man. What about the next one? We got Haka, the Haka from Hawaii. What are your thoughts? I absolutely love the Haka. <laughs> if you've never, uh, so me and Kristen have been to to Hawaii and actually have been able to witness this personally, and it gives me chill bumps. Uh, uh, it fires me up, and I love the Polynesian Samoan culture. I love their culture, and I I, I love it absolutely absolutely keep that i love it fires me up i think it's cool gives me chill i'm giving chill bumps just talking about it have you seen them do it on the football team football team or are you just talking about in general no i've seen i mean i've seen i've seen a lot of them i've seen them do it on the football field i think it's kind of cool i think it's awesome it's i mean it even though they seem to not really have a good uh program they don't have a very winning program which i don't see why i don't see how they don't get big time recruits who doesn't want to live in hawaii for four or five years i mean two are left to come to alabama so kind of hurts when you when recruits like that leave that's that's what i'm saying well i guess it's different for him because i have heard all like when we were there the the dream is to come to the big island and it's i mean but for me or another recruit, if I'm getting recruited by Hawaii, I mean, it's going to be hard to pass that up. Yeah. I mean, part of it is just what do you want to do with your future? I mean, you might have a chance at Hawaii at going to the NFL, but, I mean, if you're really good, you don't really want to go to Hawaii. No. Mm. But Chris, I'm keep. I am definitely keep. Chris, what's your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Brantley. I'm definitely keeping this. Um, I, like, like you guys said, they might not have the best teams, but – by far, they have the most intimidating pregame. I don't think you can top that. Just watching them in unison do that that dance slash chant, whatever you know, whatever it's technically called, but it's um, very intimidating. And I, you know, I, I just I'm keeping it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't watch the video. I, don't, I I may have seen this, but not like very closely. But I wouldn't watch the video of them doing it. Those guys' faces, like. It is scary. Like, they are so intense when they are doing it. It is, it is not like, uh, you know, kind of a warm-up like normal. No, they are for serious, like, staring you down. It is a little bit creepy, but, yeah, no, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I think it would be really cool to see a person. So I'm definitely keeping it as well. Yeah, it's it's intense. Like, it's firing me up right now just thinking about it. Yep. All right, anything else on the haka? 
All right, I know this is true to your heart, Matt, and I already know you're definitely going to keep this one. Um, I'm going to play the devil at, devil's advocate. Is that it? Devil's advocate? Advocate. Advocate. Man, terrible. Devil's <laughs> advocate. Advocate. <laughs> um, Mississippi State and those cowbells. Yeah, give us a background how this happened. So it's a very detailed story. <laughs> Not really. Uh, back, I think it was in the 40s, we were, I think we were like losing to Ole Miss at halftime in the Egg Bowl. And uh, a cow walked out on the field and we came back and beat them. So now we were in cowbells. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just kind of a tradition that kind of got started and everybody does it now. I, I did have some notes on this because, you know, when I got there my first year, Cowbells were banned. Let's see, what year was it? Uh, they were bound, banned in 1974, or artificial noisemakers were in the SEC. So when I got there in 2009, we had to sneak them in like every time. Like you just stick them like in like in your shorts somewhere where they couldn't find them, or throw them over the fence and then go get them after you get to the tickets. <laughs> uh, fortunately, though, they changed that in 2010 so we can use them. But um, yeah, I, I uh, definitely gonna go with Keith on this one. I think I, I might. <laughs> I might be get shot if I don't. So, how many cowbells do you own? Uh, I have two. So I had an old one that I used there in college, and it was pretty beat up. And now I have a battle bell. So just out of curiosity, I, I don't know much about um, the cowbells, but I mean, wh- what does one run? Like, wh- what's what's the cost on a cowbell? Well, it depends because you know the f- normal probably twenty twenty five dollars for just kind of a somewhat cheap one. Uh, we're talking about a battle bell, which is like super An like, investment. It, it's uh, I think they want to say they're like 120 bucks. Wow. Anyways, but they they literally come with earplugs because they are so loud. Um, uh, but <clears throat> they're uh, they're pretty awesome, and it's 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 weird to go to a game without one in your hand. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? Um, <laughs> uh, but I love it. So I mean, can you bring those to away games as well now? Uh, no. We we uh sometimes the bowl games will allow us to, uh but you, you don't bring them to away games. You uh people don't like that. Producer Bruce Dickinson, and luckily <laughs> you trying to get it going. <laughs> you know they play that. You know they play that intro at every game. To lay this first track down. By the way, my name is Bruce Dickinson. Yes, the Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, fellas, you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. Coming from you, Bruce, that means a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're Bruce Dickinson. This is incredible. I can't believe Bruce Dickinson digs our sound. Easy, guys. I put my pants on, just like the rest of you, one leg at a time. Except, once my pants are on, I make gold records. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Fear, don't fear the reaper. Take one, roll it. Yeah, you're gonna have to fast forward to that. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't know it was that long. <laughs> All right, uh, they play it yeah. on the Jumbo John at the beginning of every game, and it gets gets goosebumps going every time. So you're obviously you're obviously keeping, it. keeping. What are your thoughts? I'm I'm gonna guess that both of y'all are gonna say no because it's annoying. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll just make this short. I I guess it's a good tradition for Mississippi State, but as a as a fan in the stands, I just it's just so loud and so obnoxious to me that I just I gotta gotta toss that. But uh, you know, if I was a Mississippi State fan, I'm sure I would I would probably keep it. Um, I, I'm I actually I might I might surprise you here. 
Um, so I haven't been a huge college football fan for very long. Uh, I didn't care. I was more of an NFL guy. And then when I met Kristen, she went to Alabama. She pulled me to being a Alabama fan. And when I went to my first Alabama game, she asked if I wanted a shaker. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want a shaker. Like, what am I going to do with that thing? Like, why, why do I want a shaker? So we get to the game and everybody's fired up, shaking their shaker to the beat. And, you know, it, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of fires you up. And then like, I just kind of felt left out. I was like, man, I got, man, that feel like, I don't know, the feeling of shaking with everybody in unison. And it's just kind of cool. I, I don't like that. It's, uh, you know, it's a noisemaker that, that was banned. Um, but I feel like being there, they're super loud. I know. And do you have to wear, you have to wear earplugs, right? No, you don't have to, but, uh, I remember freshman year, I would go to bed in my dorm after a game and my ears would be ringing. So I wear earplugs every time now. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I know it gets loud in there. I feel like, I feel like if I'm there, I'm going to want a cowbell so I can ring it. Now, I know you guys don't ring responsibly like you're supposed to. Um, You know, not everybody does, but back in the day when Dan Mullen would come and tell us, you ring when you're supposed to, we listened to Dan Mullen (laughs) for the most part. So with that said, me, if I went to a game, I would want to experience that. So I'm going to say keep. I I would keep it. All right. So we're gonna go to the next one. Yeah, yeah. We can uh go ahead. Go ahead. Roller rolling tumors corner. Deep right here. What do y'all got? What do you got? Chris? Grantly? You look like you're ready to go. <laughs> Chris does not look ready to go right now. Um uh again, I think it would be one of those uh, so I I've kinda I've kinda like I don't I don't know I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. I think it's one of those like if you're the fan or if you were there and you want to experience uh, Auburn and their traditions and the tradition with, you know, the Eagle flying that I feel like that would be really intense and awesome to see. Um, It's, I feel like it's kind of like storming a field at Clemson. Uh, You do it so much. If you win so much, it, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know where I'm trying to go with this. Where are you picking? Uh, I don't know. Um, I feel like if I was there, it'd be fun to do. Um, I'm kind of on the fence of toss or keeping it. Uh, you're. This is really important. I know, but you're you're ruining. You know that tissue. You're ruining you it. You don't use the good stuff. Well, I hope not. Yeah, I would assume. I would assume that uh, the cost of toilet paper in Auburn is probably really high if you're a businessman. <laughs> Just get to like half pie stuff and use that. Do you want us to come back to you? Let you think about it for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, come back Matt, to me. Matt, you got some thoughts on it? Yeah. So I have been to two Auburn Mississippi State games, both of which we lost in the final seconds of the game. So Oof. I'm never going back to Auburn ever again. Anyways, uh, no. So I have got to witness it firsthand, unfortunately, and. Um, I gotta go with keep because I just think it w- it would be pretty cool if if I was an Auburn fan to do this, and just to have everybody get together and roll the, roll the trees. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool, and especially you know you see the videos of like the Final Four when they get the basketball going, and then when they're doing really good in football, 
it's just got to be really cool to get come together. Even if even if the game's not at home, they come together and roll them. So I'm gonna go with keep for sure. Mm. Yeah, this is it's gonna be kind of tough. I, I I I'm gonna try to stay unbiased, but uh, being an Alabama fan, but I uh, you know Auburn sells themselves as a like a, a family. They're they're a family and it's a real intimate college. You know, real small small town, but um, the, the rolling of the tree it the or the you know the trees it just to me, I, I just don't know if I can get into that. It it kind of reminds me of, you know, maybe a Friday night in high school when you go in and roll in somebody's yard, but it, it just, to me, it just doesn't seem, it's not, it's not appealing to me, I guess. So I'm, I'm I have to toss it. Uh, you know, like Brantley, like you said, if, if you're a fan of the school, then it, it it's probably an amazing experience and it's something that you can get behind and enjoy. But not being a fan of that school, I, I I can't really get behind that, so I'm gonna have to toss it. Yeah, I think everybody else probably looks at it and thinks it's kind of weird. Um, and I don't. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle. I think I'm gonna go again with. I I, I wouldn't care if it was tossed or kept. Uh, it's not. It's. I mean, like Chris said, if you're a fan, you're you're gonna love to do it, and then if you're not a fan, you're gonna be like, that's kind of weird. So, uh, you know, either I'll, way, I'll, I don't. Know. I do want to say though. I love college traditions. They are it's so it's so awesome to go to like a different stadium and just see different people's traditions. You know, when we went to I think it was one of those Auburn games, you talk about the Eagle flying around, which is really cool. That was when the Eagle ran into the glass. Oh. <laughs> we went to that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. So oh, I, I just I just love college traditions in general and just having everybody having their own thing. All right. Um Kind of uh, drug that out a little bit. So let's move on. Uh, Snake Draft's favorite football movies. And uh, I, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and say this. I wouldn't recommend some of the movies that I have picked um, because they are not so, – well, I mean, some of them, of course, are family-friendly. friendly, uh, But uh, there there's a few that I would not recommend to watching it as a family. Uh, but Chris, I think you got first pick. Go ahead. All right. So um, with my first pick, I'm gonna have to go with a classic, and I'm taking Little Giants, <laughs> Annexation of Puerto Rico. I mean that to me that is that is probably if I had to guess, that's probably the first football movie that I ever watched, and it. I mean it's it's still hilarious to the day. You have you Rick Moranis and uh, Ed O'Neill are brothers, and and they they end up having to play, you know, coach, coach against each other. And it, it's just a good comedy, good, good, uh, good movie. You can just sit down, lay on the couch and, uh, just relax and watch it. I wasn't expecting you to say the little giants. <laughs> All right, Matt, your pick. So I have to go with remember the Titans. I good mean, choice. It's, it's one of those, you know, we had, uh, movie player uh whatever you call it uh movie player in our car and we watched it over and over and i could probably quote like almost the whole movie and it's so good it gives me goosebumps every time so that's my number one for sure yeah that's that was a good pick i have that on my list uh pretty high on my list actually yeah i would have taken that if i after little giants (laughs) (laughs) but little giants uh trumps remember the titans (laughs) wow (laughs) All right. Have you guys seen Little Giants? 
Yeah, but it's been a, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah it was one of those that I watched like maybe a couple times when I was young, so I can't it, say that it's didn't like the little girl, like the running back or something. Icebox, yeah. Icebox, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, your homework is to definitely go go and watch Little Giants when you get back. All right, so I get two picks uh, since I am snake draft. First pick, Woodlawn, filmed here in Birmingham. Super inspiring movie. Um, I, I like it. Uh, it's a it's a newer movie. It's a it's it's different. Um, but if you haven't seen Woodlawn, you you need to. It's good. I say I don't know that I've seen. It. I know wow. I've heard of it, but you definitely should. You definitely should see it. it, it that's it's like good. a Christian movie. Isn't yep. It? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I've not seen it either, but what? I I do <laughs> I do know. I, yeah, I do know the basis behind the movie. So uh, maybe I'll put that on my list to, as movies to watch. All right, uh, my second pick, Rudy. If you haven't, if you're a football fan and you haven't seen Rudy yet, it, so overrated. It, <laughs> it, I mean, it is. It's really long, uh, but I like I like Rudy. I think Rudy's a good good uh, football movie. I don't know that I would say it's over. Well, I mean, everybody loves it, I guess, but I good, I, I love it too. I mean, good inspiration, but I think everybody hypes it up like it's this amazing movie, and it's you know it's probably average. Okay, so that's so what I mean I by overrated. Should I scratch that pick and pick a different one? Nope, you picked nope. it. it was, oh, that was your pick. This pick. is not Chris's picks. This is your picks. All right, Matt, your pick. Uh, I gotta go with Waterboy. <laughs> I have that <laughs> on my list, actually. Uh, I have that. Uh, you know, that comment, I skipped one. Well, hopefully, y'all won't pick it when I get back to it. So, um, it's just funny. You know, it's it's classic, classic Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Very stupid, but very funny. Mm-hmm. Chris, you get two. It's a hard decision, huh? It is a hard decision. I have a lot on the board, and I'm trying to take some, trying to see what I can leave that you oh. guys will not take. It's kind of a plan. Um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna take Varsity Blues. Oh man, uh, so, I, I, f- I felt like that one was gonna go pretty soon, so I, I wanted to go ahead and grab that one. Good. So that's why I made the disclaimer because that's one of those movies I wouldn't watch with family or with a kid or anything like that but uh that w- that was one of my favorite movies growing up i used to know like word for word every I line of that i movie. don't think i've ever seen that whole what? movie what? <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. it's probably pretty good to be honest <laughs> <It's probably> good <laughs> <thing> <laughs> I, have. I mean it's got james vanderbeek yeah. in it. i Austin's don't Creek. want your life <laughs> <laughs> i no i just i don't i think i've seen little parts and pieces here and there there's a really, isn't there a really fat guy with this alignment on there billy bob billy bob yeah, yeah. he actually passed away oh yeah, that's that's about all I know about the movie. Is is that's a, it's a good movie. I, okay. I enjoy it. I have that on my list. Your next pick, Chris. Um, I'm gonna take We Are Marshall. I think that's a good, a good, um, good solid movie. Just really inspirational. I mean, that that's a, you know, it's a tragic situation, but to make make the best you can out of that, it's a good life lesson as well. Yeah, I, I love Matthew McConaughey in that movie. It's 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 one of my top ones. I almost also. put it on my list, but I did not. But good pick. All right. So with this is my third pick. Is this what that is? Is this fourth? This is your third. Sorry, this is my third pick. Yep, this is your third pick. So I meant to, I meant to actually pick this one second, but this is right behind. The, remember the Titans for me, the replacements. I have that down. <laughs> I love that movie. It is so funny. I, it I is. Just, it's a good I movie. Love it. uh, I I enjoy the movie. Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Falco. Isn't that his name? Falco. Yeah. Falco. Yeah. 
That's good. Uh, just just and been the, getting the all, kicker. The, all the yeah. people together. <laughs> the kicker. <laughs> he's a little wiry. <laughs> he's probably the funniest one on the <laughs> he, show. He is really he's really good. Um all right. Uh my I have I have two picks left. I'm gonna man, uh I don't know what to I don't know what to go with. Um I'm gonna go with the longest yard. Either one. Original yeah. or Yeah, they're both or, pretty good. Yeah. But I like Nelly and and all the kind of new characters that that are in the the newest one. And funny story, uh, you guys know the like really giant guy that's like beating his head on the window uh, as the prison guard. He's like um, Indian, I guess. Yeah, I think so. He he doesn't talk English very well. Yeah, doesn't speak sure. doesn't talk doesn't speak English very well. Funny story. In Atlanta, I ran into him at some random gas station, and like when I was walking in, I just kind of we just crossed paths, and I like looked at him. I was like, "Man, that is a giant human being!" And I just had to use the restroom real quick. And I was like thinking while I was in the restroom, I was like, "That's that guy from the Longest Yard." So I tried to hurry up and run out, and he was already gone. But it was it was it was very weird randomly running into that guy in Atlanta. But uh, sorry, off. Yeah, that's off. based based on a true story, right? I I don't I don't think so. I don't think, you don't so. think so. I don't I don't think so. You probably can look that up. Are, wait, are you being serious right now? I don't think I don't think. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you said it so confidently, like me saying that the Texas A and M's are they're all Marines. But I I mean it could it could be a true story. But I <laughs> highly I highly that, that doubt along it. with Waterboy. True stories. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Are you looking that up? You want me to wait a second? You want me to uh, entertain? Come back to it. Give us, give us your last pick. Okay. All right. Um, Gridiron Gang. If you haven't seen Gridiron Gang, it's it's got is that the, the rock. one with the rock in it. Yes. Yeah. I think I have seen. He's got and the little the, girl uh, with him. No, that's different. Oh, that's gameplay. Right. So, so Gridiron Gang is uh is uh all the all the um kids in ju- juvenile, and uh, they had a team that's like. I I don't know if they it's been a while since I've seen it but I don't know if they started the team while he was there or they had a team and they were just awful but they were like all criminal kids they're all in gangs and he basically came in and tried to clean them up help them out and it's it's really good it's one of those touchy feeling make you cry type of movies what's up with that in football and making you cry I cry some of some of the I just uh, I, I don't know I'm not. Remember, I'm t- not a crier. Remember, so. uh, 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 well, to each his own. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, the Titans made me cry. That one. If I was gonna cry, I would cry for that one. Did yeah, pr- I? Don't, I don't think it's. A basic <laughs> <trick>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were serious. Okay. <laughs> All right, Matt. Last pick. Y'all get y'all's. I think. Yeah, yeah. You get this is your last pick, and then Chris gets his last pick. Right. I'm debating between two. I'm gonna go with the one that I'm thinking probably is least uh, popular, just because I thought it was really good and interesting. Draft Day. I don't know if y'all have seen that movie. I've got it on my list. It's a good movie. Kevin Costner. Yeah, it's, like, it's not. It a, it's not an amazing movie. And I was debating between it and Invincible because Invincible is very good too. But Draft Day, it was just really, it was really interesting to see how that process worked. Because it, I mean, I think that's really kind of how it goes. Um, so anyways, I, I really like that, that movie. I have not seen it yet, but I, I saw it. Like, it gives it. you insight into the NFL draft and what the owners are doing, how it goes. And I don't know if it's really how it goes, but it, it seemed legit. All right. Your last pick, Chris. All right. Um, 
I'm gonna take Jerry Maguire. You know, you know what? I put that on my list, and I was gonna ask: Could that be considered a football movie? I would say absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he's a football okay. agent. Show me the money. I, also, I mean, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Apparently, he he likes to do football movies because he's also in another one. Radio, I, radio, radio. I, I had yep. that written down. I don't I know if that's too. your last pick, but no, no, we're was, we're I'll, done. We're done. Uh, I was gonna ask if y'all had any honorable, honorable mentions. Uh, the Blind Side's pretty good. Yeah, I have that on my list. The Blind Side. That is actually a true story, Chris. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got another one, kind of honorable mention. I would not recommend watching with your family or a kid, but any given Sunday. Yep, had that on the list. Um, I'm really surprised that nobody mentioned Friday Night Lights. I also had that on my list, <laughs> but I didn't didn't want to take it. I, the TV show was better. Did you see the? TV yeah, show? yeah. I think the see. I think the TV series was I've, much I've better. I never. I wa- I think I watched it one time, and I was like, I didn't really like it that much. It was it was too much for me. That's one of those you don't watch with your family as well. And I was going to ask you, uh, I have Brian's song written that down. One, that one's another tearjerker. That? That's another tearjerker it's, really, it's an older movie, probably in the 70s, I think. Yeah. What is it called? Brian's Brian. song. Okay. Brian, yeah. like the name Brian. Yeah. It. It's another. Never heard of it. If you're not a crier, you will cry on that one. <laughs> I think that's a challenge. <laughs> you let me know. You watch it and you let me know. All right. We have been rambling on for a while now. I know this is a long episode. Uh, we still got a couple things we want to kind of get into. Um, fantasy football sleepers. This is way out of my comfort zone. Um, you guys are going to have to really, you know, kind of put me on your back on this one. Uh, there's only a few players that I kind of have uh, in the back of my mind. Um, but Mike is yours. Uh, like I said, out of my comfort zone. All right. So... This is this is a tough subject because you know how how deep you want to go for sleepers. I mean, is this somebody you got on your bench that you might turn into a star? Um, so I just found some that you wouldn't pick maybe in the first or second rounds that I think could have a really good year, and that's what I'm going to go with. Um, so my first one that I have on here is Mark Ingram, and uh, as Alabama folks, y'all don't like that one, but he he's got traded to the Ravens. And the Ravens usually have a good running game. They usually focus on the running game. I know they have Lamar Jackson now too, but yeah. I, but how how much is Lamar Jackson going to give the ball away? You, you got to imagine a lot. I mean, it's just how their offense runs with John Harbaugh. Harbaugh. So, um, I I think he's going to be a pretty good sleeper. Yeah. I mean, and he wanted to split carries with Alvin Kamara, so that should help him out. I, exactly. Exactly. So, I think he'll get get a lot of fantasy points for you. Chris, you want to go? You got one. Yeah, I'll stick with the running backs. I've actually got uh, on Johnson, the Lions. I mean, la- last season he he was really impressive, uh, very limited time, just because he 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 was having trouble staying healthy. But I think I think if he can stay healthy, he he's um, going to put up a lot of numbers. He also catches out of the backfield, so I just I just think that's um, I think he'd be a good pick. Yeah, I was about to say I kind of like that pick, thinking because I don't think the Lions have a very good re- receiver core right now they don't have any stars they they have a couple and actually i have one of the receivers on my list okay okay but i mean there's not like that standout guy that there's no calvin johnson yeah that's what you're saying. yeah make, i mean he's not he's not there anymore so uh yeah i could see carry on getting getting he did really carries. well at the end of last year and he was kind of getting in his groove so um i, I mean since we're kind of going around uh getting since we're talking receivers i think uh, um Josh Jacobs is um, 
I think he's going to. What'd you call him last week? Josh Jones. I call him Josh Jones. <laughs> running back? Yeah, running back, Josh Jacobs. Uh, uh, Raiders. Um, I, d- I mean. See, they got Doug Martin in front of him. I, I looked at that. But Doug Martin's washed up. He's too old. Well, that it, it didn't, didn't. And he gets hurt all the time. Yeah, I was about to say, but didn't he hurt? I, I heard. I, I saw something that their their starter running back was. I hurt. know. I looked at the depth chart, and he had two guys in front of him, which really means nothing. But uh, I don't. I don't remember who the second guy was. But I mean, when when Doug Martin's healthy, he's pretty good. I mean, I mean, he's pretty good. So, but I can see Josh Jacobs getting some touches. I I just don't know as a as a rookie how much if he. You really want that back to have a lot of carries, and then there's going to be too many shared carries, I think, in that backfield for you to get a lot of points. I, I mean, I, I had Josh Jacobs down as a sleeper as well. I I mean, he's a first-round back. You you don't pay or draft a running back in the first round if you're not going to use him. Uh, I, but I think the Raiders have Antonio Brown. I think that's going to make the secondary have to respect the pass game, and that's going to open up lanes for Josh Jacobs to score and, and, and uh, get yards. And, he also can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's things I've noticed when he was at Alabama. I'm sure the scouts did too, but he's a really good pass blocker. He's not afraid to throw his pads at somebody. Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I th- I've actually got got it um, down that I think he could possibly be the offensive rookie of the year. So, I think you got a bunch of Alabama homers over here. So, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> he brought up on Johnson. So, the, and the A's from Auburn. So, you just settle down, Mississippi State. <laughs> Doesn't mean you can't be an Alabama homer. Just trying to educate people on on fantasy football. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not being biased at all. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go. Uh, oh, hold on, I gotta pull up my list. Oh, Jalen Rashard was the other guy in front of him on the depth chart. So you know, I, I thought I saw something where one of those guys got hurt like significantly and out for the season. So who knows? I don't. I don't know. All right, so this one, I don't think this is. This is probably not a sleeper pick. But I can just see him having a breakout year, and that is Joe Mixon from Cincinnati running back. He did good. He did good last year, but I can see him being top five, top even maybe top three back this year. I just think he's that good, and, and uh, Cincinnati just seems to put up some points. So I got Joe Mixon on there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's definitely gonna put up points. I don't know if it's you know it's hard to really define this sleeper pick. So I mean I think most people know about him, but I agree. I mean he's he's gonna have a good season. He he should he's a good pick. Uh, he's but he's not one of your you, you know he's not one of your, he's not Ezekiel Elliott. He's not one of those top guys that you think about drafting you early. Expect, but I think he could but, be yeah. this year. That's what I'm saying. So good value pick. Exactly. Um, let's see. I've got I'm gonna knock two out real quick. I've got there are two quarterbacks. I have Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones. Um, Whoa. <laughs> Uh, I think Kyler Murray would be an awful pick. Yes, I mean, <laughs> well, let, let me let me get to that. I also, I think, me personally, I think Kyler Murray is probably not going to have a good year. But you just never know when you catch that lightning in a bottle. He is in a, um, I mean, Cl- Cliff Kingsbury is going to run a, a pretty wide open offense, and uh, Kyler Murray being a, a dual threat quarterback. In, in fantasy, you get a lot of points from rushing. So if he can, you know, capitalize running and um, running and passing, you you get do- that's double chances for points. And I mean, that's kind of how Cam Newton was when he first came in the league. He was a big fantasy pick because he was getting points with his legs and his arms. And so I think if if for some reason he gets it together, then he's a good pick. And I also have um, well, d- well before you, you finish, wanna, okay, go ahead. This is what would happen if I picked Kyler Murray. 
I'd I'd sit him on the bench and he would he'd throw up forty points. And then I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna put him in my lineup and he'd score like five. That's what would happen. That's that's exactly true. No, I mean I, I just I almost put him on my list, but I, I'm just a little nervous about him. He he could turn into a Deshaun Watson where he comes in there and throws like so many points his first first year. That was amazing, but and and Cliff Kingsbury's offense, I think he will do well eventually. I'm just not sure about the first year yet. Yep, and also I've got um, this is a, a really long shot. Daniel Jones with the Giants. Like me personally, I think this is Eli's last last season, and he could possibly get replaced by Daniel Jones this season. I mean, Daniel Jones got drafted. What, I think he was top ten. Oh no! I mean, uh, no, I think he was like fi- fifth. Yeah, I mean, he was. I a, mean, he was. He was top, very up. He was up there. Yeah, definitely top ten. Um, and and you, like same thing I said with Josh Jacobs. You don't draft a quarterback top ten and just let him sit there. So if he if he's not playing this season, he's definitely playing next season. So I I, I think once the Giants get out of the playoff hunt for sure, Daniel Jones will take over, and Eli will probably just. Uh, Probably retire, I would think, unless he wants to go the route his brother did and and you know Jump. latch on with another another team. But number six, six, yeah. So I knew he was, I knew he was pretty high up there. Yeah, that's that. That one's definitely out there because <laughs> I just don't see them unless Eli gets hurt. I, I, it's hard to pull him out, but you know, if he does, maybe he'll do well. You got another one, Brantley? No, like I said, I <laughs> I did not do my homework All right, on this. I'm gonna go through a couple then, and uh, and we'll call it. So. One I got on here, and he did really well last year. Um, and this one, this one I'm a little unsure about because this is, I'm talking about Damian Williams from Kansas City, the running back. You know, uh, we had uh, Kareem Hunt. He got, you know, he left, got suspended, got kicked out, and then Damian took over. And what I was reading today is there's going to be a running back by committee, but I'm just taking it going out on a limb here and saying that he is going to take over and be that next Kareem Hunt and just get a lot of points for you. So um, that's kind of a chance there. My next one, next three I got are three wide receivers. Kenny Galladay, the receiver for Detroit, he did really well last year for me, um, and I think he's just going to get better. Uh, Calvin Ridley for Atlanta, I think he is going to take that next step after being with him one year in that offense. And you got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. It's gonna, I mean, it's going to be like it used to oh, be yeah. with Julio Jones and Roddy White. Those two dynamic receivers. And then my last one, DJ Moore, uh, wide receiver for Carolina. I don't know that they have any other wide receivers. Uh, maybe they do, but um, I, I got a feeling – I've been hearing a lot about how Cam's shoulder was messed up and they've got it healed back up this year and then his long ball is looking a lot better. So I'm going to go with uh, him being a pretty good pick. And I'm really kind of hoping that none of my friends and family that I'm playing with and about to draft with in these coming weeks are listening <laughs> and stealing my sleeper picks. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll hold off on posting this podcast before we do our drafts. But uh, I've got one more. I, I don't know if you can consider this a sleeper, but Austin Eckler, Chargers running back. If if Melvin Gordon, if he um, decides to hold out or gets traded, then I think Eckler automatically just moves right in that starting spot. So it's kind of a... I mean, he's already a good a good pick, but just think of what you could have if Melvin Gordon sits out. I had him as my flex last year, and he had to me some really good games. The only thing with him is, I don't think when Melvin Gordon is gone, they just just use him. He's kind of like a utility player, yeah. and they got like I think Justin Jackson is the other guy that I looked at getting. But uh, but yeah, no, it's a great pick. I was go- I was gonna say, 
I don't think this is a sleeper, but Derrick Henry, I mean, would he be considered a sleeper at this point? Yeah, uh, I mean, he's not. He's definitely not like a first or second round pick, I wouldn't think. I, I, I'm not very high on him. He's, he, last year, he was so inconsistent. There are some games where he'd do amazing, and then there's other games that he doesn't. So I, I just yeah. don't trust him. He's also battling an injury right now, so I don't I don't know how soon he gets on the field. It could and it could be lingering throughout the season. So, okay. uh, you know, draft him with caution. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Last segment. What is you doing? We all like this segment. I do at least. I think it's pretty fun. Um, but first thing on our list, what is you doing, Ohio State, trying to trademark? I mean, am I even allowed to say? that word or also are we gonna have to like change our podcast name i the, think so i think i think we're gonna to tr- have to take it out trying to change trying to trademark the like <laughs> it's laughable and uh, I, don't, I don't know i i think i think it's kind of crazy yeah no <laughs> i just thought it was really funny one of uh some of the mississippi state guys are like uh, they tweeted something. It was just like joking off of this. It was breaking news. Mississippi State will trademark the letter M. A university spokesperson said they want exclusive rights. <laughs> <laughs> it's not determined if they're if they're going to take it out of the alphabet or not. You know, so it's just it's so silly. I mean, there, there's probably more to it, and they're probably making a big deal out of nothing. But it, it just seems really silly. I guess since their, you know, their team is horrible now, that they're a dumpster fire. I feel Ohio like Ohio State. Yeah, Urban Meyer left. I I don't know about that. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Yeah. I, th- I, I mean, see. they may not be as good as they were, but I, I, mean, I think Ryan Day will be do good. And that that's who it is, right, Ryan Day? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you, you bring up Urban Meyer. As I was looking at this article, I also saw that they have filed for trademarks for the names of their you know former football coaches, Urban Meyer and Woody Hayes. To because uh, they want to do like clothing, toys, figurines, bobbleheads, hmm. so they actually filed for uh, copyright of that. I think there's got to be more to this. I mean, they can't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the stuff I was reading, they said that their initial request is probably going to get rejected because it, it has. It, you have to. You're when you request a trademark, it it has to be used like the the word the would have to be used in a trademark fashion. So, so like the Ohio State, the Ohio State would would qualify, but just the the, the word you know, the, the word the yeah. is not going to fly. So they're going to have to do some rewording. And, and I, when it gets down to it, I don't think anybody's trying to use the word the. Yeah, in I don't the see sense anybody are. else that are so uptight that maybe, maybe Miami the U maybe. Wow, well, how they're not good enough to use that anymore. <laughs> Anything else on you know Ohio the Ohio State University? Am I allowed to say that, or am I going to get fined? Uh, not yet. They haven't got gotten it through yet, so you're good. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not making any money, so they're going to get <laughs> a check of nothing. All right. What is you doing, Dak Prescott? What is you doing turning down $30 million? Now, I, I know that this is your guy, Matt. I know this is your guy, but you need to be – you need to kind of – Pay the man his money, man. Forty mil, he's worth it. Chris, name me. I'm not biased. I promise. Chris, name me the just like the top let's top five guys who are making thirty million dollars or a little bit more. Because I know there's not many. 
Uh, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that are making thirty million dollars or, or more, but it's not forty. What Dak is, what Dak is, Dak is asking for. So yeah, so if he if he would have taken the thirty million that was offered him, that would have put him in a tie for fifth with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's also making thirty thirty million a year. Um, above him is Carson Wentz at thirty two million a year. Aaron Rodgers thirty three point five million a year. Ben Roethlisberger, $34 million a year. And Russell Wilson, the top-paid uh, NFL player at the moment, is $35 million a year. So I am i don't know. I mean, I know he's not making that much money right now. But, I mean, he I think I, I assume he's still on his rookie contract. It looks like he's making, you know, less than a million dollars a year right now. So I can I can understand how he wants to get paid. But, but you know, the highest-paid quarterback is kind of a stretch. Yeah. What was the highest one you just said? Russell Wilson, thirty-five million a year. Yeah, the goat, Tom Brady, twenty. What is it? Twenty-two I million. I think it's twenty-three million, and that—that's that's to me that's a sign of maturity. He wants to win. That's his main purpose. Uh, I mean, he also has other means of making money, obviously. Well, yeah, but yeah. but um, you know, he he's he's being a team player right there. Whether you love him or hate him, that, that's that's a that's kind of what you want to see. If you're a Cowboys fan, that's what you want to see. You want to see Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and Dak Prescott. It, get paid, but but at the same time, let's not get it. You know, let's not exaggerate. It sounds like what's what's going to happen is there's going to be three guys: Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and Ezekiel Elliott, all in a war of who's going to get that ridiculous contract. And that's why Dak and last week Ezekiel Elliott is on our what what is you doing? Because thirty million, leaving thirty million dollars on the table with with a chance to you know really really do well this year. It's ridiculous, and I don't. You, you say he's leaving on the table. I mean, I guess he's asking for more, but I, I, it may may come down to that he gets close to thirty million, anyways. I mean, the truth is, I mean, trying to not be biased or anything like here. He's he's just negotiating. He's just trying to get the best deal for him himself. Yeah, uh, no, but he hasn't proven himself. I feel I feel like he is not. Can you? I, so so I saw some stats, and I, I was trying to find them. I couldn't find them, but basically. You talk about the top paid quarterbacks and wins over the last three or four years, or however long Dak's been, in the, and he's like, I think he's either got more or you know about the same amount of wins as all of them. And yeah, I know that's not just a quarterback, but I mean, truthfully, I think he's probably around a thirty million dollar. Uh, is probably, I mean, he's not he's not top top five, maybe not even top ten, but he's right there on the edge if he's not. Uh, and he's just consistent. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't throw that many picks. And uh, and I think he'll be much better this year with Amari Cooper. He hasn't had a whole lot of weapons, to be honest. And now he's got Jason Witten back. So, um, you know, he's just trying to get the best we can. And my man needs to get paid. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many playoff wins does he have? I was trying to find that. Uh, one. I think he had one. Oh, one. So he had won one last year. So he's tied with Tim Tebow. <laughs> nice. Wow. He now I'll, to be fair, they were playing uh, what was it the Packers, and he basically put them in that game. Like they shouldn't even have been in that game. He brought them back all the way back, and then the freaking defense left uh, left them wide open for Aaron Rodgers to win it before the game ended. So, yeah, I mean I, I'm just looking at this whole list, and th- there's people that are getting there's quarterbacks that are getting paid more than they should, and there's quarterbacks that are getting uh, you know not paid as paid enough. But I. I guess you just kind of have to. What is the true value of Dak Prescott? I mean, if, if it's me personally, I I think he's probably a twenty five, twenty five million dollar quarterback a year, roughly. 
But um, I, I thought thirty million was a fair offer by by Jerry. I mean, I, I think that's. I don't know if. I mean, if I'm Jerry Jerry Jones, just playing the other side of this. If I'm Jerry Jones, I say, well, if you know, thirties as good as I'm I'm going to do, and we'll just you know you can play out your contract and you can go somewhere else and see if somebody else will pay you that because next season there's there's multiple quarterbacks that are going to be drafted that will go come into the league not making thirty. 30 million that they could do the same thing that Dak Prescott, I think. I mean, you got Tua, you've got uh, Oregon's quarterback, Herbert, I think Fromm, Fromm will probably come out. And um, yeah, yeah, you make a one, good point. Yeah, there's one more. Come, I can't think of there's that. A, there's a hefty, hefty guy. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that it was good. You know, talk, Jerry Jones was talking about how they were going to give Dak a big, big contract last year. And that doesn't seem like if you're like running a business and you're gonna have to negotiate. It doesn't seem like that's what you want to start off with. Let them know that you're gonna get a. We're gonna give you a big contract. Well, yeah, that's not smart for Dallas, giving him. You got to think that somebody's gonna negotiate with you to try and get as much money as possible. So, as much as I say all that with Dak, I mean that's good for him to try and negotiate and get as much money as he can. Uh, so I guess it's not very smart for Dallas to you know go all in. I mean, I think in the end he just, he's just got to he's got to settle eventually. I mean, you know, thirty million a year—that's so much money. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, thirty million still puts you in top the top five quarterbacks. I think that's I think that's a, a very very nice deal for him. Um, I, I don't know if he can squeeze much more than that. Anything else? Any final thoughts? Go Dak. <laughs> Go Dak. All right, everyone. If you're still listening, we appreciate it. I know we. Enjoy our seven listeners. Uh, it's been a long one, uh, but we're we're very grateful that you guys uh, hung in there with us. Um, until next time, we are the Triple Option Podcast. See you later. <laughs>